The Awareness Revolution Podcast, where we bring you alternative views on big topics that affect just about everyone. If you want to improve your life and change the world, then stay tuned. You'll hear cutting-edge health, financial, and personal development strategies from a revolutionary perspective. Warning. Listening may take you outside your comfort zone, separate you from the pack, and change the way you see the world. Here's your host. Jeremy Kinney. Hello, everyone. This is Jeremy Kinney here, and thank you for tuning in to the Awareness Revolution podcast. This is episode number seven. Let's get started. Today, I'm going to be talking to you about the 10 reasons I have listed why I refuse to vaccinate. I don't vaccinate myself, I don't vaccinate my daughter nor will I. And I'm going to tell you why. Now, this is a little controversial. Actually, it's very controversial. Um, it shouldn't be. But I believe the reason why it's so controversial is because they don't want people to voice their opposing opinions. Because if people were to find out the real reason why so many people are refusing to vaccinate, then more people will refuse to vaccinate. Unfortunately, too many people are just blindly following the herd and taking the advice and recommendations of the government and they are vaccinating themselves and their children which is potentially dangerous and they aren't aware of the dangers until it's too late and unfortunately vaccine injury is very real Um, it may be rare but um, I believe that All vaccines cause vaccine injury, whether or not we actually notice the injury. Sometimes the injury is very noticeable. Most times it's not. But they all do cumulative damage. Um, Now, before I get into the details or the um, 10 reasons, uh, I just want to give you a few resources up front. So that way you know that it's not just me and my crazy paranoia. Um, There's actually a lot of uh, good um, research out there. There's a lot of good reasons to um, not vaccinate. And there's a lot backing up the statements that I'm saying. So the first thing I want to do is point out three books that are really good on the topic. The most recent one is probably Plague um, by Judy Mikovits or Mikovits. Um, She's a PhD, a real scientist, and she made some startling discoveries regarding um, retroviruses, basically contaminated vaccines with unknown viruses that are man-made. And it could be uh, part of what's causing autism, chronic fatigue, all kinds of different problems, Um, rheumatoid arthritis, a lot of these things that we don't understand where they're coming from. They could be coming in through the vaccines, and um, her book is really scientific for people that think all the people questioning vaccines are anti-vaxxers. That's not true, because a lot of these people are actually pro-vax, or they were pro-vax, and um, Judy's one of them. She's pro-vax, but she made some discoveries, and it's shocking the... um, the criticism that she's received because of it, like other people's uh, have before her. Another book is Dissolving Illusions. That's by Susan Humphreys. Um, She's a nephrologist, and she 
she's pretty smart. Her book is it's a pretty big book, well documented, also considered one of the great um, vaccine books. Now, you don't have to write these down because I will leave a note um, in the show notes. I'll leave a link to all these books and resources and a link to the post that this is about. Um, I have a post on my website, uh, awarenessrevolution.com. The post is 10 Reasons I Refuse to Vaccinate. I'll link to that post, which is basically the outline of this podcast. All right, the third book I want to tell you about is Miller's Review of Critical Vaccine Studies. And in this book, he reviews 400 scientific papers that question vaccines that um, really don't favor vaccines. So when these proponents of vaccination, they, they pretend like they hide behind this word of science, like, well, I stand with the science on this. Well, you know, there's a lot of science you know, just in this book alone, 400 scientific papers that actually um, don't favor vaccines. So there's a lot of science that makes you question vaccination. And of course, they don't want to look at that science and they refuse to even acknowledge that it exists. But there's a growing um, scientific body of knowledge that um, really puts vaccination in question. All right, now that I've mentioned those three books, I do want to mention a few more resources just to get you started. So that way, if any point you decide to tune out of this podcast, um, you know, just don't take my word for it. If you tune out and go do something else, um, I encourage you to go back and check out some of these resources. If you don't want to read a whole book, the um, the probably the most educational and um, I guess um, entertaining, um, just best thing to watch is a docu series called "The Truth About Vaccines." And um, it's really well put together. I think it's like seven or nine um, episodes. And they are really good. They explain um, basically all of the uh, big talking points in the um, anti-vaccine movement, if you want to call it that. And I'll have a link to that docuseries also on the show notes, which the show notes will be at the Awareness Revolution dot com forward slash seven just the number seven because this is podcast episode number seven so we've got the truth about vaccines also um there are a few other ones like you can watch silent epidemic for free on um on youtube you can watch the greater good which is about the um hpv vaccine gardasil um Vaxxed is another great one about the whistleblower. You know, um, William Thompson, he's a head CDC scientist, and he was recorded on a phone call that he didn't realize he's being recorded, but the um, the guy who recorded him actually went to states where it was illegal to record without the knowledge. And basically, William Thompson, the CDC scientist, confessed. He admitted to this other guy who's also a a scientist within the government, and um, confessed to it and admitted that the CDC hid data that showed a correlation between the MMR and autism, and specifically the, um, the autism was showing up in 
African-American boys. So that's where we see the autism. That's where we see the correlation in this data that the CDC um, found. And he even explains how they covered up the data. And ironically, when people say, oh, well, the CDC looked into the autism and vaccine link and it's been shown not to exist. Well, that same science is largely... Um, you know, where we get this other scientific study that was a fraud from, like that's the the science that they used to disprove a link. So not only did they know that it does cause, it can at least contribute to autism and those cases, but they hid it and then use that science as their validation that there is no causal link. So the Vax documentary tells that story. Um, this is a really important story that needs to get out. Check out that documentary. Um, Trace Amounts is another one about the um, about thimerosal. Um, we're going to get to that. So without further ado, let me go ahead and list the 10 reasons. And then I'll go down the list one by one and explain them in a little bit more detail. So um, number one. No cumul cumulative studies. There are no cumulative studies on the vaccine schedule. Shocking. That's probably the biggest one for me. That's a big red flag. Number two, vaccines aren't adequately tested. So it's not just the, the studies on the cumulative effect that's lacking. Just the, the, the studies in general. The tests aren't adequate. I'll get into that more. There are no vaxxed versus unvaxxed studies. That's shocking. So basically there's no proof that vaccinated kids are healthier than unvaccinated. Advigent, adju sorry, adjuvants. That's number four. Number five, the autism cover-up. And number six, government conspiracy hate using that word because people, if you don't believe in conspiracies, then that might turn you off. But please, please stay with me here. Number seven, vaccines are based on a flawed theory. Number eight, vaccines are harmful and dangerous. Number nine, pharmaceutical companies aren't liable for vaccine damage. And number 10, big pharma fraud. So those are my 10 reasons. Um, I do want to point out those aren't the only 10 reasons. There are a lot of other reasons that aren't listed. Um, herd immunity is a myth. Um, it started with actual immunity from getting the um, viruses and stuff um, in the wild. And the same immunity doesn't pass down from vaccinations. So herd immunity may happen in nature but vaccines um, don't pass down the same immunity. Um, another one is the retroviruses and stuff. In um, the plague book, um, that's kind of, um, you know, also in here, but, you know, not specific. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of other reasons, you know. But uh, I just had to keep it to 10. It's already a long post. It's going to be a long uh, podcast. So um, just know, you know, when you start looking into this, you'll be shocked to see how quick 
the whole paradigm crumbles, you know, because we've all, you know, pretty much everyone were, was a uh, pro vaccine and you only see people going from pro vaccine to anti-vaccine, not the other way. And that's the reason why. So anyways, let's go ahead and get started with the first one. No cumulative studies on the vaccine schedule. So that means that they are pushing a schedule that hasn't actually been tested for safety. They test the vaccines, usually just one at a time or a few at a time, but they don't see what happens when you um, inject a young child with all the vaccines that they get injected with, which is an ungodly amount just in their few first years of life before they even go to school. They're hit with so many vaccines and by the way, the vaccine schedule has just tripled since um, since I was born. And um, in that same time period when the vaccine schedule uh, was greatly increased is the same time period that we started seeing all kinds of other problems included but not limited to autism. I mean, obviously there's something terribly wrong one in six kids today have some type of developmental disability. That's the actual CDC's numbers. And the autism is just exponentially growing and becoming more and more common. It's scary because they're, they're actually, well, I think what they're doing is they're putting out propaganda to convince everyone that this is normal and that this has been happening this whole time. There's actually a lot of people that are um, saying that Autism has uh, not even increased in occurrence. It's just they're diagnosing it now. Just awareness of it has increased. So now they're diagnosing people with it. Come on now. You know, I'm not even that old, but when I was young, there was no autism. You know, I didn't know any autistic kids. And it's obvious when you meet an autistic kid, you know, um, it's, it's, it's noticeable. You don't need a uh, professional degree. Um, so they're trying to make everyone think that it's normal and it's been here the whole time. And eventually, you know, all the people that were born before this autism era will die off and there'll be only people living that were born after this occurrence and autism happened. And they won't remember life without it and they'll be learning in school that it's always been like this. It's really scary. You guys, this is a really important message and please stick around to the end. This is perhaps one of the most important things going on in the world right now. Our babies and our future depend on our awareness of this subject, which is why it's so important and why I'm doing a podcast about it. So before I move on to the second one, I just want to emphasize the point of not testing the entire schedule you know when you when you watch a boxing match unless it's Mike Tyson doing the punching usually one punch doesn't knock the other person out or even knock them down it's the cumulative effect of a series of punches you know after a person's been punched you know 50 times in the past five or ten minutes you know eventually they're gonna fall and the more punches that they get hit with, the closer they get to being knocked down or knocked out. That's typically the way it works. And um, not 
testing the entire schedule is just, there's no excuse for it. There's absolutely no excuse for it. Um, Of course, they make excuses for everything, but they're not valid excuses. You should not recommend a schedule that has never been tested. And the fact that they are, you know, I can't say it's just some honest error. It's It can't be no accident. I think they're not testing it on purpose because they know what happens when you inject a little baby with all this stuff. And it's obvious, all these problems that are that are becoming more and more common that were once rare or unheard of. And there's even been um, studies done where they injected apes with, um, you know, a vaccine schedule, and they basically developed symptoms like autism. So they know what happens, and they aren't testing it, or even if they are, they're not telling us because of the results that they're getting. Number two, vaccines aren't adequately tested. Now, see, the gold standard for drug testing, you know, for testing of prescription drugs, is a double-blind, placebo-controlled study. So they may give some people in the study the drug, they may give the others a sugar pill, basically nothing. And, you know, they don't know if, if they're getting the real medicine or the sugar pill. But it's designed to test and see if the medicine is any more dangerous than the sugar pill. And they don't test vaccines like that. They have a totally different way for testing them. And, um, you know, it's really quite a shame. They claim it's unethical, but how is it unethical to test vaccines for safety? How, you know, because then they say, well, then some people aren't getting the vaccine. Well, some people aren't getting the vaccine anyway. And, you know, some people are on the fence. You know, some people could go either way. And especially if you gave them a little bit of money, <laughs> I'm sure people would be glad to, to participate in that study. And that's their own choice. You know, vaccines, maybe don't maybe they don't even work. I don't think they work. Um, and that's another reason why I don't vaccinate. So, yeah, they could definitely test it that way if they wanted to, but they don't want to. They have a lot of fraud involved with their, um, with the way that they test it. Like, for example, with the Gardasil, most of the trials that what they did is they, for the, for the, um, placebo, they use aluminum. And... The aluminum is in Gardasil, so if they use aluminum in the placebo, you know, and aluminum is toxic, well then of course, the Gardasil is not going to be any more harmful than the placebo, because the placebo is just as toxic. So there's all kinds of fraud that they're allowed to get away with when it comes to vaccination. There's all kinds of weird things about the vaccination that don't exist in other areas of medicine. We're going to keep on moving though. Number three, no vaxxed versus unvaxxed studies. Again, that means there's no proof that vaccinated kids are healthier than unvaccinated kids. Shouldn't that be the goal after all, is to show that these kids are healthier, show some kind of benefit? 
They don't do that. They don't compare them. And it's not because it's too hard. Again, they make excuses. It's too hard. It's unethical and all this other stuff. Well, no, it's not. I don't want to vaccinate my child, you know, and there's lots of others like us. So why not test our children? Why not throw our children in a group and, and you know, see how healthy they are? You know, if, if they want to uh, get people to sign up to say, hey, we need X amount of kids willing to vaccinate their kids and we need um, X amount of people willing to um, not vaccinate their kids. So you could easily get to study. There's already large groups. I mean, the Amish is a good example. They don't vaccinate and their autism rates are extremely low. Um, there are homeschooling groups of um, tens of thousands of uh, kids and um they have almost no autism. There's there are doctors that don't have vaccinated kids or or at least um monitor, you know, like look at the numbers, you know, and they have lots of unvaccinated kids and what they find is that the unvaccinated kids have fewer problems. No uh, autism is just one of the things to look at. But they, you know, allergies and other things, too. So there's already lots of groups of unvaccinated kids. They just refuse to point them out and say, these kids, look at how healthy they are versus how healthy the vaccinated kids are. And they need to. They need to. And, of course, there are some studies that that show that vaccinated... There are some studies around the world, mostly in other countries. Some of them will show that vaccinated kids are healthier some will show that unvaccinated kids are healthier, but there's not definitive data, and there should be. There very well should be, especially if you're going to recommend it to pretty much every kid that's born in a one-size-fits-all fashion. Anyway, that's another problem. That's another reason why I don't vaccinate. You know, those people with allergies, they use a one-size-fits-all approach. That's not the approach in medicine, you know, the same dose for every single person doesn't work like that everyone's different their immune systems are different they react to things different that's why some kids have a reaction a, b a very bad reaction and some kids don't number four the fourth reason is the ad adjuvants that are in the vaccines see adjuvants are put into vaccines to stimulate an immune response that's because they're toxic that's what they're in there for they're meant to grab the immune system's attention. See, if you just put the, um, whatever you're trying to vaccinate for, the virus, in, you know, the body doesn't really recognize it that well. So it needs a little stimulation. So by putting the adjuvant in there, it rings the alarm of the immune system. It starts freaking out. We have this poison in the body. And then when it starts checking that area out, it also gets on top of it, it sees the virus, the attenuated virus or dead virus, and it supposedly alerts the body, hey, we have this virus. So they tell us that the adjuvants are safe. For example, they say that ethyl mercury, which is basically um, in thimerosal, which is a preservative found in most of the flu shots given. So they say that ethyl mercury in thimerosal in the flu shot is excreted out of the body faster than methyl mercury. 
Now, methylmercury is the type of mercury that's found in the environment, such as in the fish, from like the coal power um, plants and stuff like that. So, here's the important thing. Methylmercury is known to be toxic. It's not debated. Everyone admits that methylmercury is toxic. But they say that the ethylmercury in the vaccines is excreted from the body faster than methylmercury. Therefore, they assume that it's safe. They don't know it's safe. It certainly hasn't been tested like what it should be if you're going to be injecting um, kids with it as young as six months old. And now recently they also started um, giving pregnant mothers the flu shot, whereas in the past they didn't. You know, if you're going to inject pregnant mothers with this mercury when we know mercury is toxic and you're going to tell us that this type of mercury isn't toxic, it better be well tested and it's not. And here's how you know. You can go straight to the FDA's website. And in my post, I've got an image, a screenshot of it, and a link to the actual page. Let me quote what the FDA says on their website involving thimerosal's toxicity. Quote, lacking definitive data on the comparative toxicities of ethyl versus methylmercury. FDA considered ethyl and methylmercury as equivalent in its risk evaluation. So that tells you two main things. They don't have definitive data on the comparative toxicities of ethyl and methylmercury. Why not? You know, <laughs> millions and millions and millions of people, including the elderly who are regularly getting their flu shot, including six-month-old babies, and including pregnant mothers, are getting injected with this mercury, and they don't have definitive data showing that ethyl mercury is any safer than methyl mercury. What the heck is going on here? And this, this, it's kind of hard to believe. Like, wow, they don't have, you know, they admit, the FDA admits this. And maybe later on, it'll become more clear why. Why? Why are they recommending that this schedule when it's never been tested? Why are they putting this mercury in the vaccine if we don't have definitive data showing it's safe? And um, I think that that may become clear later on. So stick around. So, the other thing that it tells you is that the FDA considers its risk evaluation to be equivalent. Well, why? That's because ethylmercury is about as dangerous as methylmercury. And in some ways, it could be more dangerous. You know, but it doesn't matter if it's a little bit more or it's a little bit less. What matters is that it's very, very toxic. That is pretty clear and they have some really really bad junk science even on the FDA's website you know they show you and they start off with um, the earliest published report of thimerosal humans published in 1931 and I mean they only live they only list a few different studies which uh, I mean, it is terrible like um, I forget uh, which one it was but one of them they um, they were uh, they they gave thimerosal to some people who had, I think, meningitis or something like that. And they said it, it, it didn't uh, show no harm. But then right after that, like 
I think it was like 20 people or something. I should look that up before I did this. But um, a good chunk of the people died the next day from it. They were just looking for like anaphylactic shock. You know, people to die right there on the spot when they gave them the vaccine. But a big chunk of the people died like within 48 hours of getting the thimerosal. And, and most of everyone died shortly after that. So basically they killed everyone with it. And, you know, here we are, you know, many years later, almost a century later, still using this stuff. Now injecting it into pregnant mothers. This is crazy. I do have a, a page specifically on mercury um, on my website. I'll also link to that as well. Um, but again, Trace Amounts, the book and documentary covers it very well. Um, so I won't go into any more detail with it there. The autism cover-up. Well, it's pretty easy to tell that vaccines can cause autism. That doesn't mean that they always do, obviously. And it doesn't mean that vaccines are the only cause of autism. There are some good um, theories that we have that explain autism. There's even people that are reversing autism. Um, so we know a lot about it, a lot more than um, the mainstream will accept or admit. But um, there appears to be stuff that we still don't have all figured out yet. So it's quite complex. But um, what is obvious is that we have a huge rise in autism and um, it's happening at a young age and just happens to be at the young age when kids are getting all these vaccinations that, by the way, have never been tested cumulatively or adequately tested singly. They don't test for, I forgot to mention this earlier, but I think it was number one, one of the previous ones. They don't test for um, to see if the vaccines are carcinogenic mutagenic i mean they they don't test them <laughs> so um the autism cover up they're clearly covering it up they don't want people to know that they've caused this big of a problem in the population i mean the people are going to freak out but again um cdc scientist william thompson has come forward and admitted that they concealed critical data at the cdc and when you watch the Vax documentary, you'll get to see the story on that. So I definitely recommend checking that out. And if they're covering that up, what else have they covered up? What else, what other kind of fraud and cover-ups have they done that we just don't know about because no one has come clean? And again, William Thompson, he, he's guilty. He was part of the cover-up. So, I mean, these people could be in serious trouble. So, of course, they don't want to come come clean, come forward. Because it puts their own freedom and family's well-being at risk. Number six, government conspiracy. Now, this one may be hard to believe. If you don't want to believe this, don't believe it. You don't have to. You know, there's plenty of other reasons to not vaccinate. You can still trust the government and not believe in a conspiracy and refuse to vaccinate with pretty, pretty good, uh, pretty good reason. But... I do want to point this out because, um, you know, I was already um, well aware of conspiracies before I knew all the facts about vaccination. So I just use that as my as my logic to a lot of the reason behind not vaccinating. I didn't need to know the details, but then people started debating me and got me into it. And I was shocked once I started looking into it. I started looking into the details so that way I, I could actually come with people with facts because I found the people who want that. But then, once I found the facts, what I found is that people don't want the facts. 
They want to be confirmed with their own opinion. They don't want to be open-minded and dig for the truth, no matter what the truth is. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, it's hard to convince people of this, especially with the government conspiracy stuff. But that's pretty much how I knew before I knew all of the lack of studies and the, the studies, the fraudulent studies and everything else involved with vaccination. So once you get the government conspiracy stuff, you get it kind of makes sense why they would recommend, you know, pretty much every baby be injected with these series of toxins without them being adequately tested for safety first. There should be lots of science showing that it's safe to get all these vaccines. And of course, people like Paul Offit, one of the big proponents of vaccination, he says you can take something like 10,000 vaccines at once, but, you know, he hasn't did it and no one has. Of course, we'd all love to see him take 10,000 vaccines on live television, but that won't ever happen. Trust me. Um, so... Um, we've all heard the term population control. I remember hearing that as a young kid, even using the phrase as a young kid. Um, you know, I believed it, you know, like everyone believed it. And then probably go through school or something like that, um, college, and the idea of population control just leaves people's mind. Um, there's no way the government would... Okay, okay. So, um, there's probably a reason why we've we've all heard about population control. Um, it used to be openly discussed. Um, it's kind of openly discussed today. It's just people don't hear about it. You know, people don't get on TV like, we need to reduce the population. But there's a lot of evidence that the, um, you know, maybe not the average person, but these, the elite, you know, these very rich people are openly admitting to the need for population control. Um, like, uh, I think Richard Branson is one of them. Bill Gates is another one. Um, but also John Holdren is a notable example of someone who has long wanted to um, reduce the population. He co-authored a book in the 70s called Eco-Science where he proposed certain ways of reducing the population, such as compulsory abortions. Um, single mothers should have their babies taken away from them by the government or could be forced to have abortions. He also mentioned adding sterilant to the water supply and staple foods, which really puts this whole thing into question because... Um, some of the things that he proposed, like the sterilants in the water supply and staple foods, are exactly what many of us think is going on. There's evidence that suggests that the fluoride in water increases infertility. The same thing goes with GMOs, and most people are eating processed food or, or eating out, and you know, I think it's 80-something percent, something like that. A very high percent of processed foods contain GMOs. So most people are eating GMOs. You know, it's, it's, it's almost unavoidable in today's modern world. So, yeah, you know, if it does increase infertility, you know, staple foods, GMOs, because the government subsidizes GMOs, it's so... Um, prominent in the diet so maybe 
um, that's how they are. And infertility is at an all-time high. And also, the vaccines appear, some of them, appear to cause infertility as well. And John Holdren, you know, he, he one of his, his other co-author, um, wrote The Population Bomb. Now, these guys in the 70s were saying that, you know, like, for instance, let me give you a quote. Um, Holdren called for immediate action to reduce the population in the 70s because, quote, 210 million now is too many and 280 million in 2040 is likely to be much too many. But as you can see, we're well past 280 million people. We're over 300, I think 320 million um, right now. And we're doing just fine. So as you can see, John Holder was very, very wrong. Um, not only with, I mean, the population increased more than he anticipated, and much faster. And he thought 210 million in America was already too many people. So now we have 50% more people. You think that he doesn't think it's too many people? Of course. He thinks it's even more than much too many, as quoted back in the 70s. Now, what is John Holdren doing today? Well, he was um, appointed basically to head the science and technology in this country by Barack Obama. And, you know, he also worked for Bill Clinton. You know, this guy's been high up in the world of science in this country. So when you wonder how they could be passing these vaccines without any um, testing to show that it's safe, one way to help understand is that People like John Holdren are in charge of the science and technology in this country. It's scary. Number seven, vaccines are based on a flawed theory. See, pathogens enter the body through the ear, nose, mouth, and the eyes. It's pretty simple to understand why. That's where the openings are. So our immune systems are set up to catch the pathogens at those entry points. Vaccines bypass the whole immune system by being injected into the body. Therefore, the body doesn't recognize it as an invader. The immune system doesn't catch it. That's why the adjuvants are added to the vaccines. And it's the adjuvants that trigger the immune response and that are ultimately the really harmful part, besides the contamination of other viruses and stuff like that, obviously. Now... Injecting people with known neurotoxins is just bad. It's bad science. It's bad policy. It's crazy. They shouldn't be able to do this without tons of science to show it's safe. And as I keep saying, there isn't any. They act like the science does exist, but it actually doesn't. On top of all that, the foundation of vaccination is actually flawed. Pathogens don't enter the body through a needle, you know? It's almost like the vaccination is really just an excuse to inject us with harmful substances. You know, they, they say things like aluminum is abundant and therefore aluminum in your vaccines is harmless. But obviously, you don't have to be a genius, to know that injecting someone with aluminum, it's much different 
than that person eating aluminum. You know, the body has a filtration system to filter toxins out. So when you eat aluminum, you know, you have you have a liver, you have kidneys, you know, you have um, ways of protecting the body from what is ingested. But when you when you inject it into a person, you bypass all of that and it gets straight into the bloodstream. And, you know, who's to say it doesn't go to the brain? And I am here to tell you that it does. It does go to the brain. Number eight, vaccines are harmful and dangerous. Yes, all of them. All of them. Even if you don't notice a negative reaction, you're burdening your body with toxins that accumulate and over time will cause sickness and disease. Sometimes just one vaccine can be enough to send a person over the edge and never be normal again. Vaccine manufacturers would like for us to think that the only side effects are just small things such as swelling, but vaccines can actually cause all kinds of health problems. And the manufacturers of vaccines actually admit this in the package inserts that come with the vaccines. But doctors practically never show their patients the inserts, nor do they even um, tell them about them or list the possible side effects. The doctors probably don't even read the inserts themselves. They're in boring white and black um, pieces of paper. But what you get is a cute little colorful pamphlet telling you how safe and great the vaccines are. But the problem is, is patients are supposed to get informed consent. They're supposed to give informed consent. So the patients are supposed to be informed about the, um, the risks, the benefits, and the alternatives. They're not given. Um, informed consent just doesn't happen with vaccination. And I try to have my aunts who are nurses who debate with me on this. And I have, even after proving to them with their own um, link that they sent me when we were, they were trying to tell me that the, they, there are studies on the cumulative effects of the vaccines, they sent me the link, which is the exact link I have um, screenshotted on my um, blog post. And um, even after I had showed them that they were wrong with their own post. They still didn't change their mind. They stopped commenting and everything like that. But um, the thing is, is how can doctors inform their patients of all the risks if they don't know all the risks? They simply don't know it. Um, now, there's a growing amount of people claiming they were fine until they got the vaccine or their kid. And this is how we know. You know, um, people are like, oh, well, show me some studies that show, you know, that vaccines cause autism. Well, I don't know how many studies are done that shows if I punch someone in the face, it causes a black eye, you know, but obviously it does. You punch someone, you get the black eye and, and maybe it doesn't even happen right away. So, you know, they want to discount it all as anecdotal, anecdotal evidence, but, you know, this can't be all coincidence. Parents know they, they had kids that were fine, that were walking and talking, and then, you know, the same day of the vaccine, their kid just regressed and never were normal again. And one child hurt like this is too many, especially these poor 
autistic kids that, you know, are never going to have a shot at a normal life. It's, it's, it's so tragic. It's, it's just beyond tragic. You know, I can't imagine being trapped inside of a body that I'm just so uncomfortable in and just can't get my thoughts and words out. That is, um, there's just no word for it. I mean, it's living hell. Um, so the pharmaceutical companies that make vaccines also control the TV because they fund TV with their ads. So we're not going to hear the other side of the story through the television. Things are starting to change because of the Internet, and there's too much evidence to ignore. The Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System has received over 200,000 reports since 1990, and only a small fraction of adverse reactions are reported. Most people don't even know about this reporting system. So if you or someone that you know have suffered from vaccine injury, I definitely recommend reporting it into that system. Um, Plus, vaccine victims have been awarded billions of dollars in a somewhat secret vaccine court. Need to look up this vaccine adverse event reporting system. It's called VAERS for short, as as the acronym. It's... It's pretty weird. It's not even a regular court, and the vaccine manufacturers don't even pay for the damages caused. They, um, the damages are paid for by you as a taxpayer. Number nine, that pharmaceutical companies aren't liable for vaccine damage. And this is a shocker. This, go, this tells a lot. You know, Companies have a um, vested interest in making sure their products are safe because if not, they can be sued. That make you know, you've got to put it, you got to make it make sense for the company. You know, if they don't want to get sued, so they got to make sure they're not hurting anyone. Well, there is no financial incentive for vaccine manufacturers to make sure that their vaccines are safe. <laughs> this is a big problem. And how they did that is that they um, pulled together and they basically um, convinced the government by, um, by saying, hey, look, you want these vaccines. We don't want to be responsible for them. If you don't remove us from liability, then we will stop making them. And so they got protected from um, any type of liability because uh, it was ruled that vaccines are, quote, unavoidably unsafe. So when they tell you that vaccines are safe, just know that in order for the vaccine manufacturers to be removed from liability um, in court, they had to be found unavoidably unsafe. That's their reasoning for not being liable. Number 10. Big pharma fraud. All right, these pharmaceutical companies are fraudulent companies. They should already be out of business, but they're not. They're huge. They're powerful. They have money. They have lobbying, and they, to a large extent, control the world. They're very profitable. They have politicians in their pockets. The revolving door. Um, people like Julie um, Gerberding. That went back and forth from, um, she's a good example of the revolving door between, um, you know, working for the CDC. She was really involved with um, vaccines and then going to work for Merck uh, under the vaccine division uh, with a great salary. 
Um, but you know, in my post, 10 reasons I refuse to vaccinate under this section, I have a link with seven examples of fraud from the pharmaceutical industry. And these are big examples of fraud, intentional fraud. These are fraudulent companies. These criminals are controlling medicine, our government, and are injecting no neurotoxins into our babies. It's time that we all get involved. It's time that we all get educated. Don't, don't just take my word. Look into this stuff. You know, if they're going to commit fraud and all, I mean, not only these seven examples, but, you know, the cover up that has yet to be admitted, you know, I just imagine how much fraud hasn't been uncovered yet. But the truth will soon become common knowledge. Something needs to be done. We've got to stop mandatory vaccination, at least until they're proven to be safe beyond a reasonable doubt. You can contact your state representatives, Senate, keep educating yourself on the hidden truth about vaccines, educate others, share this podcast, share my post online. Please rate the the podcast, give us a great review. Um, It will help so much and would be greatly appreciated. Feel free to like our um, Facebook page, subscribe to our YouTube channel, help us get involved And let's start a grassroots movement and make some progress. This information is so important, it cannot be understated. The mainstream news is just propaganda, so they're not covering this stuff. And that's why it's so important for you to share this so that way other people can see it too. Thank you so much for listening. Have yourself a wonderful day. Thanks for tuning in to the Awareness Revolution Podcast. Be the change you wish to see in the world.